You go. Have a good time. No, no, we can go tomorrow. No, I see you later. But we don't have plans. There's nothing set. Yourself. Never keep lady waiting. I'll remember that. I'll see you later. Hi. Sorry to keep you waiting. Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two sightseeing minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today from the Next Real Podcast are Andy and Pete. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hey, back at you guys. We are thrilled to be back talking Karate Kid Part 2. I should, right off the bat, it is Monday. I should really get into, uh, let's start with uh, Andy. What's your history with Karate Kid Part 2? Did you see it in the theater? (laughs) Did you? (laughs) My favorite part of this podcast was asking an 11-year-old if she saw it in the theater. That was... Oh, uh, (laughs) right. uh, I mean, for my age group, who wouldn't be seeing this in the theater? Like, the first Karate Kid came out, and everybody was so jazzed and so pumped by that movie. Like, the way that that movie builds to that that finale, I mean, it's like, as soon as I knew that this was coming out, I'm like, this we have to go see this movie. And so we absolutely 100% went and saw it in theaters. I don't think my parents were, like, opening weekend types of people, so honestly, I can't remember if we did do that or not, but... I I know we definitely saw it in the theater and it was a thrill to watch this on the big screen. And then it's funny, it's one of those movies that I know I subsequently ended up watching on video many, many times, but then it like completely fell off my radar. So I haven't seen this in decades. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be oh, back wow. watching it and, uh, and having a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes look at these lists that these children are making on the internet and like they're just completely ignoring the sequel or just saying it's not it's not as important as the first one and sometimes you know i constantly say it is just as important you know um uh, pete what's your history with the yeah well i i want to first uh say that you guys our experience with you talking about the karate kid turned me (laughs) against team machio like oh. I, you made me realize that that he was the bad guy, and I had never Uh-oh. really thought hard enough about it, and so <laughs> that movie was totally spoiled uh, for me. Uh, and and I'd seen that many more times than Karate Kid Two. I I I absolutely saw uh, Part Two in in theaters, and I'm sure I've I've seen it since uh, as a younger man. Uh, but it's not a movie that we watch around the house it's not one i had on tape i i I was really a karate kid one guy and now that that era is over um i have to say like i came to this one um feeling like okay maybe this is a little bit danny redemptive maybe maybe Mm -hmm. this is maybe i can be pro larusso and this is this is quite possibly a better (laughs) movie than the first one for me so i'm i'm excited to to talk about it because i i feel like uh, i'm a i'm a new man in a brave new world Oh, Robin, your podcast did the exact opposite of what you're hoping it would. <laughs> I mean, I was, well, you know, uh, I listened to every minute and I came away hating Karate Kid one. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, Matt, I think I'm going to take off. If you want to kind of take this. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, I, yeah. Well, you know, uh, the latest theory and, the, you know, I try to think of every kind of way to look at this movie, but I mean, if you do want to keep going with the Daniel is the real villain of the story. Um, he did ruin the vegetable economy in, uh, Tony Village. Uh, so that is, a, um, that that's officer thinking at that point. 
All right. Well, today we're talking about minutes 60 to 62 of The Karate Kid Part 2. They begin with uh, Daniel regaining focus and, and ends with a challenge to a race. Um, so we start the segment with Daniel using the breathing technique that uh, Miyagi uh, taught him at the beginning of the movie. And I'm, I'm assuming he's trying, you know, this is like the next scene, the next day after being attacked by Chosen. And maybe he's, you know, he's he was pretty upset by that death threat. He's probably just trying to regain control of his emotions. But um, I, it, it seems like a very centering sort of moment for him. You know, it's, it, I don't know. I, it is one of those Karate Kid classic things that you have to show at some point. And it's great mm-hmm. to see it here with, with Daniel doing his little meditative movements. You, you know what I love about it is that, and I, I just love it that Daniel here reminds me of me as a young man. I was, I was kind of awkward looking. You were the villain of the, of your... I, <laughs> no, I was, yeah, I, maybe I That's was. correct. But you know, you just look at him and you're like, oh, that looks like me as a teenager, like kind of still pretty scrawny. And like in, in a few seconds, he ends up running. And I kind of ran like that, a little bit of pronation, like knees maybe a little bit wobbly. Like, of course he lost to her. He he does, he runs like Pete did as a 16 year old. And uh, <laughs> and so I, I actually find him more physically relatable uh, in this movie. And I, I like that here he is he he is uh, he's centered he's in a perfect locale for it and it, you know he looks he looks like it because you have to if this movie were recast today it'd probably be played by like chris hemsworth chris hemsworth would be playing a 17 year old today so yeah. you know i and uh, i wonder i don't know i'm not sure if this was an, uh supposed to be uh inserted later in the movie this scene because the clouds and the rumble of the thunder make me think that that typhoon scene yeah. is coming but that's not actually for another 30 minutes like not yep. even it's like a couple of days yeah, away right. right movie time and, there was and then a typhoon like, every day he was there they just didn't focus on <laughs> <laughs> well the lighting absolutely changes and as soon as you get to the refrigerator it's the skies are still overcast but definitely you know not quite so dark yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just a it was bad luck. Appleton did you yeah. know couldn't predict the weather as well, and you know. Well, if I if uh, I can say anything about the film industry, I know that they love cloudy days because it makes for consistent lighting all day long. So I'm sure he was thrilled that he had some cloudy uh, days to kind of keep his lighting consistent. Yes, I love a nice overcast day when I'm shooting video or photos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, otherwise, you have the contrast is too high. Yeah, and the shadow the the shadows on people are constantly changing. So absolutely. Yeah, I mean we could always uh, take the story of just Appleton's a genius and he planned all of this. I mean obviously the swarm <laughs> he has a weather the, machine. The, I want to believe he's like <laughs> Kurosawa, who's like he looks at the clouds and goes, "Nope, we're not filming today. The clouds are not right." <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it. I, I prefer the weather machine theory. That actually makes me really happy. <laughs> so John Appleton is the Cobra Commander, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so maybe he's really the villain in this whole thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Bill Conti's uh, got a Destro helmet on. That, uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Weather <Yes>. dominator. <laughs> um, all right. So as you said, the lighting does change a bit in, into the next scene. But who knows? Like this, he's med- he's doing this meditation. And then... Like the next scene, he's coming out of Miyagi's house. So is this the next day? Uh, is this just later? Um, yeah. And, and 
And I'm thinking about time, especially because Sato said you have three days and it really at this point feels like it's been like a week. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, his undershirt is different here. Like it's got a different <laughs> neckline. I think he's actually changed clothes after his workout. Maybe he he changed for his casual jeans instead of his workout <laughs> jeans. But he's he's right. definitely dressed differently. More than just putting a shirt on. <laughs> so uh Daniel finds Miyagi working on an old refrigerator outside. And I'm I'm wondering why. Did he drag it out there? Is the refrigerator kept out on this deck or <laughs> you don't wait, you don't you don't have one of those? <laughs> a refri- an outside refrigerator? An outdoor outdoor fridge? Well, only one that kids fridge. play in, but it's I, I, I don't I don't use it. I mean I, I have to collect things. <laughs> I assumed it was just outdoors because he was yeah. there's more room to work on it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of I figured that this was a refrigerator that had been dragged outdoors long ago, and he came back and was just kind of doing some housekeeping tasks and said, oh, refrigerator must be broken. I'm going to go ahead and fix it. That happens with my parents this all the time. Refrigerator I go home, there's always crap inside. Yeah. yeah. This, this refrigerator that's been outside for 10 years. I wonder why it's not working. <laughs> I, bet I, could, I bet I could lock that up. I bet I could fix it. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, but... Uh, um, uh, I don't know. I don't have any idea what part Miyagi needs to replace, but I did notice the insulation on the refrigerator, and I actually found a more boring subject of research than uh, <laughs> when I when I looked up facts about staining wood last year. Um, insulation in the refrigerator. Did you guys know that fifty percent of the world's food would rot if it wasn't in refrigerators? Uh, and and no. the reason why. Makes sense. Is, yeah. <laughs> the reason why is because refrigerators need good insulation to keep the cold in. Did you know that the first refrigerators didn't even have insulation? <laughs> they were just they were just boxes of well, ice, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a thing with a big ice thing in it. Yeah, yeah. right. An I ice remember. box. People dug a hole in the ground and shoved ice down there, and that was the <laughs> refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it usually came from casting bets and uh against like you know uh troops that might have been stationed nearby uh that's where they got their ice from um but no uh th- so so the, the the next generation of refrigerators after the ones that you'd keep ice blocks in had this fiberglass ins- insulation and uh that's what we see in this fridge the problem is uh water would leak and hit that insulation and then break it down over time and sometimes the cooling fan would take or the exhaust fan would kind of take some of that broken down fiberglass and blow it out into the house and of course that would really mess up your oh, lungs wow. yeah. Jeez, yeah so nowadays refrigerators are insulated with polyurethane rigid foam uh strong stuff keeps it cool within and also keeps the heat out um those old Fiberglass insulated refrigerators would be covered in condensation, but this rigid foam um, keeps our, fr- our fridge uh, nice and dry. So, you know, you can hang pictures of Ralph Macchio all over. You don't have to worry about it, like your your wife replacing them with pictures of your kids or anything like that. So. Oh, sweet relief. <laughs> so those are fun facts about fridge insulation. You're welcome. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. The things that you learn, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> So we move on. Uh, uh, Miyagi offers uh, Daniel to go to the city with him, and Daniel's got uh, a date, or sorry, a, a sightseeing trip uh, with Kumiko. Right, right. Let's be clear. 
And I love that Kumiko literally just pulled in. She's waiting for him, and he's all ready to blow her off. Like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. She can go. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. He's the worst. And like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Miyagi. Like, that's his whole thing. Um, and, you know, at least Miyagi has some brains, right? Although it's, it's, it is such a strange move on Miyagi's part to like turn his back to to her like down on the road like like he's telling Daniel a secret here it's it's such a strange little move like I know he whispers to him like never keep the girl wait well you think she was in did he think she was in danger of hearing what he was saying right exactly (laughs) it's so strange so strange that car is about to explode but she's really far away (laughs) she could still hear him I, I pictured Miyagi in that moment like clenched teeth going you are going to blow this please do not do this absolutely you're making me look bad (laughs) i do like that though the little uh dating advice from miyagi yeah it's cute it's cute well and let's be honest i mean the framing of this we know why there are refrigerators out here i'd like to say it's for a story (laughs) point but really avilton was probably running late and was like you know what let's move the fridge outside we'll get it all in one shot we won't have to worry about it and uh you know the the sad the sad story of like filmmaking production needs to kind of get what you need (laughs) well you know it's probably outside because it was running (laughs) yeah (laughs) right sorry In the uh, original uh, shooting script, uh, Miyagi was actually going to Naha to change the title on his family home and give it to Yukie. Um, And also, instead of Miyagi fixing a fridge, Miyagi was uh, instructing Daniel more on the drum technique, showing him that if you use your hips, you can put more power into it. And Daniel takes it uh, easy, uh, or takes to it pretty easily, and he calls himself a karate genius. And Miyagi goes, humble too. (laughs) And... uh, and so when Daniel starts teasing Miyagi a bit about how he's giving his family home to Yukie because he loves her, uh, Miyagi tells him to use his hips and not his lips. Uh, so he, that was not wow. Written. So they wrote that down. And That's a classic karate kid you learn. Wow. <laughs> that wow. <could've> <laughs> I yeah. I wonder why they cut that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally, the the alternate version says that he goes. Um, He's like, what is the other half of the drum technique? You got to tell me. And Miyagi tells him again, ask the drum. And Daniel says, drums don't talk. And Miyagi says, they do to karate geniuses. Oh. (laughs) Snap, Miyagi. Wow. (laughs) Oh, see, that's the best part about this movie is Miyagi brings sass. Even the unwritten sass, like, or the unproduced sass. It's all there. So good. He has full on sass. Uh, but like, to me, I, I feel like, you know, in the movie, like, um, Daniel, he realized he, like, I've been just constantly trying to make the case for Daniel, the good boy, like Daniel came here, not for a vacation, but to help his good friend. And now his, like his chief priority, no matter if there's a pretty girl, his chief priority is to make, uh, Mr. Miyagi happy and, uh, and to support him. And so he's ready to jump anytime Miyaki po- could possibly need anything from him. So clearly, I mean, he's ready to yeah. dump his date for him just to fix a bridge. I mean, he is like hardcore. Like, what can I do for you? <laughs> and one does not lightly dump Tamlin to Mita. Let me just say, oh, one yes. does not do that lightly. You're here. Uh, so yeah, Miyagi says that classic line: "Never keep lady waiting." 
And I like just the familiarity between the two because he kind of puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, I'll remember that, you know, just kind of like ah, another Miyagiism. You're, you're awesome. I'm, I'm going to go. You know, <laughs> um, I'm sure it's come up countless times on this show uh, uh, before we have arrived. But <laughs> I just have to put it out there. The the uh, the the way that all the Japanese people speak is very off putting and it's a little <laughs> frustrating to listen to. Yeah, the course of this entire film. Yeah. So again, I'm sure everybody's already said that, but just have to put it out there. It is one of those things for us as well. Yeah, it's pretty bad, especially when they're speaking to each other. It's just <laughs> right. weird. Mm-hmm. I came to this podcast, uh, this season of the podcast, loaded with a Sato impersonation. That would be so awesome. And then Matt immediately shut me. No, no, that's <laughs> no, not a good idea. You're, you're going to do that. You can do that in your head and real real in your head. (laughs) I will say with Sato, I'm disappointed we don't get any Sato minutes, but it's so funny how his voice goes like it's very gravelly through the entire film until he kind of shifts and later in the film. And all of a sudden it's not gravelly anymore. Like he loses his angry voice. And I just I just have to say that I know it's completely unrelated to these minutes, but right. Well, yeah, it's like the dark side is is, exactly over anymore. Right. Right. You guys should hear Andy when he's not using podcast voice. <laughs> Very different. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Daniel uh, takes uh, goes to Kumiko and uh, uses the words that Miyaki she says, sorry to keep you waiting, which is nice. Right. Um, and I like how he just like hops over. I mean, it, it felt like a very Dukes of Hazard sort of entrance to the car. I know it's a convertible, but still, yeah. it's like, I don't, I'm not going to open it. I'm just going to hop right in because that's how cool I am. <laughs> that's true. Kumiko would be like, excuse me, watch the yeah. paint. This is clearly <laughs> my rusty car. Absolutely yeah. no respect. <laughs> uh, this is a 1966 Honda S800 Cabriolet. Um, and... Uh, uh, well, I guess I'll ask Matt, do you think this is the first time we've seen this car? Uh, well, oh, you're asking, so probably not. <laughs> it's actually been hiding in plain sight in two scenes. Oh. Um, actually, uh, Andy, Pete, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Or, I mean, what? not in general, but this particular thing? <laughs> I don't think I was paying no. attention where it, where it <laughs> appeared. Um, when the taxi comes to town, uh, that car is parked in front of Miyagi's house. That makes sense. Okay. Um, it was also parked in the background uh, during the scene where Kumiko taught Daniel the Obon dance. And so that reframes the scene a little bit because it seems like Kumiko comes to talk to him, but really she's on her way to her car and then stops to talk to Daniel. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Also, I'm like, I wonder where Kumiko's family even lives. I mean, Yukie is her aunt. She has a car, so maybe she, her family lives out of town. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> well, because, well, we'll talk about it in a later minute, um, you know, talking about kind of, you know, what's available to her in this area. And it seems like she's thinking much more broadly than just the village. So I, I think you may be right there. Mm. Um, okay, I'll I just wanna, say it. I want to buy it. I can get it at auction for eighteen five. Ooh, right near me. <laughs> there it is. Same color and everything and much less rust. <laughs> yeah, that car was on its last legs. Yeah. Uh, and besides the uh, the engine, it's very loud. We also get a little tease of a certain song, and that we're going to get into on Wednesday. I promise. I, I 
I'm sorry I had to muzzle everybody. But I know. You've, you've been waiting for no this. music. Champion you've been waiting for this, Robin. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my next observation is Kumiko is like one of these punk kids blaring their rock and roll music driving through town. They don't care. They don't care how loud it is. <laughs> <laughs> She's blaring uh, something. I guess. <laughs> um. We discover also that the house that Miyagi is working in the fridge. Surprise, surprise, Yukie walks out. Ah. I just yeah, have with this, eggs. How, with that eggs. is with, an incredibly yeah. is intimate like grocery experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lot of eggs, and I just have to say, just speaking to specifically their relationship, it's amazing how long she looks at Miyagi before she turns her head, almost in surprise, to realize, oh they're running off together it's like she she stares at him so long it it's it it really struck me that it was such a a surprising turn when she finally looks at the car right right uh and this might be the reason why uh yukie and miyaki's father were close because i guess they're neighbors i mean if this is not the same house that they're she's coming out of uh or could she have stayed the night and uh, he's working on his father's old refrigerator and she yeah. got some eggs out? <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of my that they were all part of sort of the same compound. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I didn't think about it too much. It just felt weirdly. It felt natural that she would be walking out on the porch with eggs to the broken mm. down refrigerator. It's just a yeah. lot of eggs. Like, what it's are you a doing lot of eggs. Any and, eggs? And at no point did Miyagi say, you know, this doesn't work, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you that. lose all your eggs every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, at the beginning of the scene, Daniel was looking all over for Mr. Miyagi. Are they implying that Miyagi spent the night with UK and that's why Daniel <laughs> couldn't find him? Well, but uh, Daniel comes out of the backyard. Like, he was there at the house. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I, I don't know, it's such a a strangely kind of structured setup the way that they have this search for Miyagi and, and he's here and Yukie is too. Right. I just think they're really implying there was some, some sort of intimate thing that went on that they're both smiling at each other. And it's almost like an old Western, you know, you don't ever see anything. Uh, and, and he's doing the but, traditional po- post coitus uh, handyman work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nailed yeah, it. Yuki is absolutely it nailed it this <laughs> Yeah. I you know uh, what? I'm just gonna say I need to believe that's what happened. I need right. that. My headcanon needs Miyagi to have to to hook up in this yeah. movie. <laughs> but yeah, again, like Yuki is already like, can you fix the fridge? I mean, just like no wonder he leaves her in Okinawa. I'm I'm just gonna say <laughs> Boy, so demanding right out the gate. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll maybe maybe he failed else. at fixing the fridge and he fled in shame. <laughs> oh, no. He's finally finally feels confident enough to return. <laughs> I brought this part over from America. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, it's still the wrong part. <laughs> uh so we get uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, parallel I guess to the opening of Karate Kid one where there's a car driving away and there's like teenagers chasing them, chasing Daniel and his mom out of town. <laughs> now these right. little girls are doing with the their, same with their pitchforks. Get the hell right. out. It, it's it's such a strange little moment because I, I feel like that's something you see in um 
you know, again, it's depictions in cinema of like, you know, rural, like very rural communities, like in Africa or something like that. And it's like here we're seeing it in the village. And I guess it's just a bunch of like girls. I don't know if they're just all taken with Daniel or what they're really trying to say here. But literally, it's like five little girls who are running after him. You just have nothing else to do. Where are your parents? Right. I mean, do they have parents like. Are these children like some sort of like cherub angels that visit every time there's love in the air and they giggle? <laughs> yes. Well, then what we what we cut away from is the fact that they're going to turn around and run right at the, the couple in the front of the screen because these two certainly have some love in the air, too. Yeah, I I had a laugh imagining uh, this idea that they'd show up every time some sort of like love is in the air, like Daniel and Kumiko spying on the tea ceremony and being quiet. And all of a sudden from behind them, they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Go home. <laughs> you just have to know that every time, every time love happens in Okinawa, a million cherub children giggle. <laughs> I mean, it's a small island, but not that small for love. You will be visited by six <laughs> seven-year-old girls. Right. They're so innocently like playing like a ring, ring around the rosy or something, but they're really not. They're there, they're there for you. Yeah. They're like Freddy Krueger. Uh, <laughs> yes. Girls. This is like the weird rom-com like twist on like the Freddy Krueger sorts of movies. It's like the nightmare cherubs who visit you to. Oh my gosh, my we've created a whole... <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. so we move on to the next scene where it's a nice shot of the underside of a bridge looking out to the ocean. And uh, oh boy, there's this was filmed in Oahu. And boy, I can barely say Oahu. And so there are names that I'm going to try my best. This is the Ihi Ihi Lao Akea Bridge. Uh, built in 1931, uh, and uh, yeah, it's about 30 minutes away from uh, Kaneohe in o- Oahu, where Tomi Village uh, was. The set was built. So, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Did you guys know this? I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, well, no, and they they took the they they shot this from the Halona blowhole, which is right there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I uh, yeah, it's some this whole beach area is located, oh God, uh, alongside uh, Kalaniaole Highway between the Lanai Lookout and the Holona Blowhole, which... <laughs> you guys are doing great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know I support you. Keep, keep it coming. Now, Daniel says that it reminds him of the Palisades, which I can pronounce a lot easier. <laughs> Palisade. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so I, of course, looked up Palisades facts. <laughs> uh, so the Palisades, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. Um, they're a line of steep cliffs alongside the Hudson River. They stretch about 20 miles. Uh, first described by Italian explorer Giovanni de, de Veranzano as looking like a fence of stakes. And the word palisade is kind of derived from the Latin word for stake. Um, the palisades are also famous for being the site of the duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr at a spot called the Heights of Weehawken uh, because everything is legal in New Jersey. Uh, Absolutely. 
And <laughs> I would say, uh, like, so I, I lived in Jersey for a little bit, and I, <laughs> you know, he says, you know, she says, "Is it beautiful?" And he said, "Some of it." <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> and the Palisades, I think, are fascinating like palisades interstate park is a it's a fascinating location like ge- geologically and uh, it is really interesting and they do not call new jersey the garden state for nothing so if you've <laughs> never been there don't go to passaic you know don't go to jersey city like but there are a lot of places in jersey that are beautiful and and um and and the palisades is is a fascinating structure geological structure to kind of behold i don't think where they are in the movie is anything like the Palisades? Like, it does not remind me at all. You know, but at some, to some extent, this is Daniel making conversation with a pretty girl. Right. Uh, one more fun fact. Uh, Fort Lee is in the Palisades, and it was mm-hmm. frequently used as a film location. Uh, one of the most notable of these serials is called The Perils of Pauline, which oh, yeah. helped popularize the term cliffhanger. Uh, right. That's, because, that's uh, interesting because that's probably the cliff she was hanging off of in yeah. the actual cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Milton Berle actually noted that The Perils of Pauline was his first film credit playing a young boy. Uh, so uh-huh. we're really straight. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Oh, in the shooting script, actually, it does describe this as being a lot steeper in that uh, Kumiko and Daniel uh, scale a fence to uh, get into this area. Uh, so it, maybe that's why he's comparing it to the Palisade, Palisades. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Legacy. Legacy line. Uh, Kumiko points out a castle. Uh, Far away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just got to do it. I don't get okay. to talk about it today, so I got to do it today. Okay. All right. <laughs> castle far well, away. John, John Abelson uh, described it as a phony baloney map painting. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know what? It actually, I think they sell it until the guy chasing them comes up and runs into frame. For some reason, (laughs) it looks terrible as soon as he's there. It does. It does. Um, Daniel, uh, of course, read the uh, Okinawa book cover to cover by now because he also knows exactly who King uh, Shohashi is uh, when Kumiko uh, brings the name up. He's like, oh, yeah, the Peace King. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know, the King Josh, not personally. Um, such a us? smarty that Daniel, <laughs> he just knows about every, every time somebody says something, he's just like, uh, if he sees something first, he usually is like, what is that? Or, or he just like makes assumptions of something. But then, but if somebody's like, do you know what this is? And he's like, of course I do. Let me just tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> I just so gotta weird. say that's, that's a really handy tool to have. Hopefully it comes into uh, practice for him when he's at school because it's like if I could remember stuff like that just from reading a history book I mean uh, how much better would I have been doing through my classes right I mean right. just like oh yeah that's totally the peace king like yeah <laughs> yeah a <laughs> uh, little history on King Shahashi uh, in 14th century Okinawa he was the king of one of the three ruling kingdoms there was the Nanzan in the south the north was Hokuzan and the central was Chuzan. Uh, Shahashi was the king of Nanzan and he united the three kingdoms and started building trading relationships with other countries, uh, brought in the age of the great trade and forming the first Ryukyu dynasty. Um, in the shooting script, Kumiko calls this 
the castle of courtesy and manners and says and then kind of points off in the direction of China and then points back to Japan. He's, she's like, we live between giants. Best way to survive is by having courtesy and manners. King Shohashi built the castle here to always remind us. Uh, there is no such castle at all. <laughs> so, what? No. I feel betrayed. <laughs> I know. Especially since they're using it like a real historical figure. He he resided in Shuri Castle, which is like in the middle of Okinawa, not near any coast. Uh, it is the most visited tourist attraction in Okinawa, but it is not sitting on the coast. And I always thought that was so, I don't know, kind of. It is uh, an odd place to have a castle, like right next to the crashing waves. <laughs> right, just falling slowly into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't end well. Kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, she then explains that he used to, they used to hold the Obon dance there, but now Sato sells pieces of it to a museum. And then she, she, unfortunately, she says a name and it wasn't in the script. She says like the name of it was like Reiki no Sato or something like that. Um, but I, I, I didn't find any information because I couldn't write the words <laughs> uh, correctly. So, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, yeah, I assume they just kind of created this fictional place because this is a better. They wanted a better place to do a final fight than like a, a college gymnasium this time. <laughs> yeah, right, or a, a dojo or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, a, well, you know, you could do a dojo, but you can't like pack the crowds in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You need something a little more visually interesting. And and you know, in a film that's designed to kind of show you the quote exotic locale of japan i mean i guess it makes sense that you know it, i mean even though they're creating some fictional history here they're doing something that's kind of like creating a little bit more of an exotic feel with it so yeah yeah um and then kumiko you know, says okay but you know rocky uh, took tommy gunn to the streets like they could have done a wicked just straight up okinawa <laughs> street fight that's he what wasn't I, that's thinking avilton wasn't thinking about that in the 80s <laughs> he was not ready for that <laughs> okay okay that's fair uh so then uh kumiko says if you race to the castle if you win your you you your wish is going to come true and i just wanted to point out i researched this and that is also fictional <laughs> i'm glad you did the research <laughs> on that because i was really wondering i'm like that seems like the easiest way to get your wish to come true just <laughs> yeah. race to the castle whoever's there first wins and get their wish <laughs> like wow i will split the money with you <laughs> yeah. right i, yeah, I wish for more wishes for both of us oh, i need okay. some more money let's go back to the castle and race down there again <laughs> i want to see robin's published research on wishes <laughs> <laughs> yes Definitely. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have anything journal. else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have anything else for uh, these two minutes? <laughs> I just, I, I mean, again, just, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about Kamiko, but she's just, I mean, it's, it's really, she's just adorable. Tamla Tamita is just great in the role. I love her. And she has, I, when she's getting very frustrated about Sato and what he's doing there, it's just like she, has that little moment where she's a little more serious and upset about all of it. And it's, it's cute. It works well in context of the film. So I just, I love her. So it's, it's great to see this little moment with her. For sure. Uh, if I put Kumiko versus Ali, I, I hate to throw this up there, but uh, <laughs> I've done it now and then it, it's, it's, it's tough for me. I don't it's know. It's not tough. hundred percent Kumiko. hundred percent Kumiko. I'm on team Kumiko. Yep. Nice. 
Yeah. Me too. <laughs> hey, right. see? Right. Great. I never right. saw the alley appeal. <laughs> well, that's why Elizabeth Shue is never going to come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving it up in the air and, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, whoever returns my call first... Uh, I might start talking more on their side. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Are they there at your house right now? <laughs> Can they hear you? Just got weird. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for today's minutes, and uh, I'll race you guys to Wednesday. And whoever uh, gets there first, uh, well, get, gets the host. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, guys, for uh, joining us. You want to come back on Wednesday for uh, two more Karate Kid oh, Two Minutes? You have promised the greatest promise that you could have on this show. <laughs> the fact that we get to talk about the glory of love next time. So 100%, in fact, 110%, I will be there next time. Wear shining armor. <laughs> I'm already wearing it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, can you guys uh, let the people know uh, where to find you on the Internet? Yeah, we have uh, you know a couple homes. Uh, we have the Next Real Film podcast where we're talking about a movie every week in a variety of different series. And uh, I think right now we're doing horror debuts. So we have a lot of horror films that we're talking about for the next uh, month and a half. And then you can also find us at Marvel Movie Minute. And we are just in the hiatus between season three, Iron Man 2, and season four, Thor. So a lot of good stuff uh, going on in those two uh, podcast feeds. Perfect time to jump on board, I'd say. Absolutely. And I believe at least I'm going to be guesting on Thor. Matt, we'll see if, uh, if he uh, shows up. I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to talk to his publicist. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time. Live or die, man. Honk. Honk.